Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Welcome all of you watching online. Stand with me if you would, please. Hold your Bible up, your hand up, cup your hand. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we're going to be a little quick today because we have children in here, and if they act up, it's all right. Uh, I'm just going to come down there and be the principal. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, every now and then you just need to worship as family, and your kids need to see you worshiping and raising your hands and lifting your voice. And uh, so I understand your, your kids won't bother me too much. Actually, some of y'all will bother me more than your kids. Is just being real with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the kids are innocent. Sometimes you're just mean. You know what I'm saying? No, just kidding. I, you know, as adults, we, we, we sometimes we, we reprimand our kids, but they're just acting innocently. They don't really mean anything by it. And I know some of you are thinking, he doesn't know my kids. I get it. But today, I just have what I call thoughts for a new year. It's the last Sunday of 2021. And, uh, you know, uh, oftentimes it's that time of the year, the last week of the year, that we begin to look back and we ponder all the things that, that happened and have happened, and some of them are good, some of them are not so good. And our fallen nature is for us to typically focus on the things that weren't so good, things that we did wrong, things that we wish we'd have done differently. And, and the real challenge with that is, is you can't change the things you did wrong. You can't go back and unscramble eggs. So my encouragement is to look ahead. So I'm going to give you these thoughts. What, where, why, who, and when. You want to write these down because I promise you, as you look ahead, ask those questions. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's it going to cost me? What's it going to benefit me? Where am I going to do it? Why am I doing it? All of these things are very, very important as you look ahead because motivation is everything, and we have a limited amount of time on this side of heaven, and so you want to make the most of it. And if I could say anything, do the things that bring joy to your life. If what you're doing doesn't bring joy to your life, then I would ask the question, why are you doing it? And maybe with whom you've been doing life with because sometimes it's the who that messes everything up. You see, over the holidays, we're always trying to fix people, fix things, fix situations. And, and, and so if I fix it, I'll be happy. Well, I want to challenge you and encourage you to be happy even if you can't fix it. Because some things you just can't fix. Somebody said, you can't fix stupid. Don't look at your spouse right now. Don't you even think about that. You look in the mirror if you're going to look anywhere. Look in the mirror. But uh, 
I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles, uh, Psalm 39 and Psalm 90. These are a psalmist's prayer, if you will, and it says, Show me, O Lord, verse 4, my life's end and number my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. So with that said, it's very important that we take advantage of the life that we have, the everyday life that we possess. And uh, I think sometimes we get caught up and distracted by everything that's going on around us, and in doing so, we forget everything that's going on in us. I want to know what's going on in my life. Because if I know what's going on in me, that will take care of what's going on around me. So pay attention to what is going on in your life. Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Now, we talk about knowledge and wisdom, and knowledge is knowing what. Wisdom is knowing when, how, where, how to apply that knowledge, what time to apply that knowledge, where you're to apply that knowledge. Because sometimes if you have teenagers, there is never a good time to apply that knowledge because you are brain dead in their minds. I used to tell when I was a youth pastor, why don't you leave home now while you know everything? Because that's fixing to change when you get out in the world and you realize you don't know near as much as you thought you did. Oh, you would have loved me as a youth pastor. I was every parent's ally. Because the reality is in, in today's world, the respect factor has been minimized. And we're living in a world where children and kids, based on their knowledge, now feel like they have the authority to tell you everything. And I'm not trying to be mean, but the reality is this. They don't have experience and they don't have wisdom. You can go on Wikipedia and you can get all the knowledge you want and you can recite it, but if you don't know how to apply it, it's nothing but knowledge. Wisdom says, I know how to apply what I've learned. So we need to get wisdom and understanding. The proverb says that we need to gain wisdom and understanding. Understand why the knowledge came to us and then have the ability to apply it. Because a lot of people nowadays, we, we're living in a world of information overload. We all are overcome with information. Matter of fact, we can get information at our fingertips. When, when some of us were young, in order to get information, you either had to go to the library or go buy a book. There was no place to access knowledge except you had to go for it. Well, now you can get your phone out and you can get more than you ever want. You don't even have the capacity, nor do I, to handle all the information that is at our fingertips. So we, we're going to have to slow down a little bit and go back to old school asking these questions. So one question is, who did you spend life with and give life to in 2021? Because the Bible says if you walk with wise people, you'll become wise. So the who is very, very important. And I'm not talking about Whoville and the Grinch. I'm talking about who you spend time with will tell you about 
your life, where you're going to be, where you're going, how it's going to be, because that who thing is very, very important. And if you hang out with the wrong people, you will have the wrong experiences. You'll have wrong thoughts. There are people who are negative by nature, critical by nature. Anything you say that's positive, they're going to give you a negative. There are people that don't look to solve problems. They look to find problems. And those kind of who people, it doesn't matter what you say. God is a good God. It's all going to work out. Miracles are available. list goes on and on and on and on. And before you know it, you're questioning everything you've ever believed. If you know God is a good God, then if somebody says something, sometimes your only response is, well, God is a good God. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And, you keep, and it will make them mad. Negative people get mad when you're positive. You ever notice that? It doesn't matter what you say. If, if they're on a trajectory to negativity and you start getting positive, they will get mad at you. And, and you can, what I do sometimes is that, you know, I hear what you're saying and I even see what you see, but I know that God has a miracle inside what you're seeing. Something's going to turn around. But, you know, I, having all the kids I had, I watched more cartoons than anybody should watch. I could, if it was based, heaven and hell were based on cartoons, I'd go to hell. I watched so many cartoons, it's crazy. And one of them was, was Eeyore, and Eeyore, it didn't matter what happened. He's just a downer. And, and I liked Tigger because Tigger, would just, he just didn't care. He's going to have a hopping good life no matter what. And some of y'all need to, your one commitment this year needs to be, I'm going to be a Tigger. 2022 Tigger. You need to put it on your refrigerator. I will be a Tigger. Because some of y'all right now, you're going, well, that might work for some people. But you shouldn't be that excited with everything going on in our world. It's going to get worse before it ever gets better. The darkness has come. Scratch them off of your database. And just keep on hopping. You know, I, I hear people all the time talking about all the things going on in the world and, and the coronavirus and COVID and flights canceled and this going on. I'm thinking, you're looking at the wrong thing. I'm looking at this going God is getting ready to show up in a way that the world has not imagined. And my mama used to always say, son, it's, you know, it, it's the darkest right before the light. Well, we're getting ready for a bright light, baby. Let me tell you something. It's getting ready to happen. And so, you know, it's just easy to get caught up in things that we shouldn't get caught up in. So the Bible says two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. So you need to find someone who brings that good return. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So who's sharpening you, and who are you sharpening? Who? This is the who. Who? Who are you around? I used to tell kids all the time, I said, I can tell you who you're going to be. They, they, you know, of course, kids will get curious when you say, let me tell you who you're going to be five years from now. They say, well, how do you know who I'm going to be? I said, it's real simple. The books you read and the people you hang out with. And the message you listen to and the pastor that you listen to. 
I went to a negative church my whole life and, and, and growing up, and I didn't want to have anything to do with church because I thought this is supposed to be a place of hope, and all I hear is nope, not hope. I want to go to a place that in, in the middle. I, I used to tell kids this. I say, look, man, all I need for you to have if you're going through hell is a water gun. You don't even need water. God will provide the water. You bring the gun, God will bring the water. You bring yourself, God will produce the miracle. You are a vessel. I am a vessel. We are vessels. And we are carriers of optimism. We are carriers of faith, not carriers of fear and negativity. God has done miracles in a moment. In just a millisecond, things can change in your life. But you don't need to be right. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He even had some negative disciples pushing people away that were pushing into a miracle. The woman with the issue of blood, we don't even know who her friends were, but we know this. The woman said, if I can just get to Jesus, everything's going to be all right. That's in the urban Bible. If I can just get to Jesus, everything's going to be all right. If I can just get there. She had an attitude that says, that is the who that's going to change me. He is the who. And you need to get around people who are filled with who. Thank all five of you post-Christmas. <laughs> Cheers. Some people say, well, you only live once. But another guy says, you only live once. But if you work it right, once is enough. Make once enough because this is all we've got. This is us. This is all we have. So where do you want to be at the end of 2022? Where do you want to be five? The where is critical because where you want to be requires that you be where you need to be right now. You know, I, I, I hear people treat Christianity like, like it's just I can do what I want Every church is filled with God. You have a divine place to be. You have a divine place. There are church, There are great churches. It's not about the church. It's about God's assigned place where you need to be. Trust me, if I had my choice, I'd be having church on a beach. That would be my where. But God said, no, you're going to go down Tornado Alley where the wind comes sweeping down the plains at 160 miles an hour. yippee Kaye. Our where is not up to us, it's up to God. There are times you pray and you say, God, I'm just sick and tired of where I am, where I work, where I live. And you get all up in arms and you get inspired one day to take life upon yourself and answer your own where instead of saying, God, where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to live? Where do you want me to work? Where do you want me to worship? We get so comfortable sometimes that we can't even follow the Holy Spirit. We get so set on answering questions God's not even asking. We need to ask him the question, God, where do you want me to be? The Bible says the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, but they are only ordered if the person being ordered allows them to order them their life. 
When God said, come back to Oklahoma City, you think I jumped up and down, was happy to come back and face the music? No. It was like the highway to hell instead of the stairway to heaven. I think it's interesting there's only a stairway to heaven, but there's a highway to hell. What does that tell you about where a lot of people are going? Now, you got to know, I love you. I love the people here. I love all this. But the reality is, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I don't get to go where I want to go, do what I want to do. Why? I don't belong to me. Jesus paid a price for my life. Paid a price. And once you understand that, you can be assured that his idea and plan for your life is greater than your idea and your plan for your life i got a plan for my life. I've always had a plan for my life. But it's always been superseded after I got saved by his plan for my life. And most people are not happy, not because they're not happy. It's because they're not happy because they haven't let him tell them where. Where is very, very important. You think throughout the Bible where there were assignments that people ended up in the right place for their miracle. You don't just get to have a miracle wherever you want it. God has a miracle location for you. So your where, you say, well, why, why isn't anything working out for me? Because your where is not where it's supposed to be. You keep doing the same thing with the same people in the same place, and you wonder why God's not showing up, because God's over here waiting on you. So in 2022, God's waiting on you, saying, you know, well, you've, been, you've been stubborn. I've been trying to move you off high center, but you're staying where you are. You're going to keep getting what you get. It's insanity doing the same thing, expecting different results. It's insanity staying in the same place, wanting different results. We have bitter employees all over the country, and they're bitter because either they haven't changed their attitude and been respectful, which is not something that is highlighted in our world anymore. If you work for a company, you ought to be praising that company. You ought to be thanking God. You say, yeah, but my boss is a knucklehead. You're a bigger knucklehead for saying he's a knucklehead. Because God expects you to respect those in authority. We don't talk about that anymore. Kids don't respect their parents anymore, and that's only because we put the wood away. I'm going to tell you, it only took one time for my daddy to come home. My mama said, Daddy going to take care of you. When he comes home, I thought, oh, Jesus, I will see you in a few hours. I knew, I'm just telling you, there are no consequences for stupidity anymore. Everybody wants to do their own thing in their own place, in their own way, without any regard for God, mom, dad, teachers, employers. No, I'm trying to set you up right now. If you work for a company, quit criticizing the company and start praying for it, you're getting a paycheck from them. Thank you, Jesus, for the check. It's not in the notes, anyway, so it must be from God. At least I'm going to blame him. 
That's right. That baby's amen and me. That's the way I take it. It's crying to you. It's amen preacher to me. The what? What excites you? <laughs> Some of y'all go, nothing. We get it. We see you when you walk in. Yeah, got to go to church. Message is going to suck, probably. <laughs> I'll talk to you after church. You better start getting excited right now. See, because a lot of the world's not excited about. Find something to get excited about. Write it down. This is what I'm excited about. And guess what? If you share your excitement, there'll be five people that will poo-poo your excitement. I'm going I'm to see God do something great in 2022. I'm going to be a part of something great in 2022. Oh, you know, that just ain't going to happen. Jesus is coming back, and he's mad. Nothing good ever happens to our family. How can you get excited about that? Why get it? You'll just be let down. You're just going to get let down. So just quit being excited. This is what happens in a world that is filled with negativity and negative people. Hold on. I have to tell them to call me back. Oh, great sermon, Pastor. Thank you. Okay. Not really, but that's what I believe they're saying. <laughs> Instead of saying, I can't believe I even tuned into this mess today. <laughs> you know, I've decided to be happy if everybody else is miserable. You know, because what's it going to change? I mean, literally. You know, I was depressed for enough. I've been depressed enough in my life. I'm done. I'm over my quota of depression. If I need to get depressed again, I'd have to borrow some of yours. I've run out of it. And I've decided I don't ever want to be there again. Now, there are days, you know, this time of the year, you're starting thinking about everything. And some of y'all are already pondering how bad, you know, the last week was with knucklehead family members. Everybody has them. Some people just don't admit it. <laughs> and that's okay. You're illusioned. <laughs> and I, I'm not, see, I'm not talking about a fake optimism. Because at the, at the core of my being, I'm a realist. I get that, and I see things as they are. But once I view them as they are, I have to shift and begin to see them as I would like them to be. The Bible says he, Jesus speaks or God speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they've already passed. God's saying, I realize there's sin in the world. I realize there's chaos in the world. I realize there's trouble in the world. But I'm going to speak of future events as though they've already passed. It's like I am declaring ahead of time what I want. You would be surprised if you spent just eight hours, waking hours, being positive and saying what you'd like to see instead of what you see. 
Now, there will be people that will get mad at you for being happy. There are people that get mad at you for being positive because what they're saying is, but you don't understand. No, I do understand that the world is in chaos, but God himself says in the world you have chaos, tribulation, and trouble, but take courage, I've overcome the world. Well, part of that don't we believe? I mean, some of you, when you, if you'd have been tossed in the lion's den, you'd at least ask for A1 sauce so you could put it on and the animals could enjoy eating you. Could I have some salt and pepper just to make it better for them? No. What you have to say is, I'm going to hang out a while, and these animals ain't going to be hungry. And that's exactly what Daniel did. He just went in and sat down. I think he had a little swag going on, too. I think when the lion saw him, he kind of walked in like this, and the lion went, oh, my God. <laughs> he might push back. <laughs> so ask yourself, what, what do you think about first thing? When you, don't, don't answer this. Don't you even think about this. This is a, just a rhetorical question. What do you think about when you wake up in the morning? What's up? Don't answer this. Now, I know there's somebody out there feeling a little spunky. But what do you think about first thing in the morning? is like, oh, God, it's Monday. Really? It's going to be a great day for you. Not. You need to wake up every day and go, this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. I'm going to be. You, you, you got to speak to your mountain. He doesn't say, think about your mountain, consider your mountain, live in the shadow of your mountain. It says, talk to your mountain. And you're going to wake up to a mountain tomorrow just like everybody else. And i got to look at my mountain and say, get out of here, be cast into the sea. I'm coming over. I'm crossing over. I'm not quitting. I'm fighting through. I refuse to lay down and give up and die. I tell you, I wish somebody started a church called the First Church of Eeyore. I'd send any Eeyore over there gladly. Well, nothing good's ever going to happen to us. Well, good. Go to that church. Honestly, I'm just too old to put up with drama and knuckleheads. Now, you can come in here, and if you want to get excited and change, we're glad about that. But you know what? If you want to talk about me, you don't have much of a life. I am not worth your conversation. If you're grilling your pastor, you'd be better off to find a brisket. I'm chewy, gristly. You don't want any part of this. And we're too busy talking about everybody else instead of talking to our mountain, talking to our soul, and telling God, I agree with you. I'm not going under. I'm going over. I'm going through. I'm getting to the other side. I'm going to be a stubborn Christian in 2022. So devil, get ready for it. You say, is he here? He's here somewhere. He hovers. And see, some people, when you say devil, they just get cringe. I'm thinking, he's a loser. He's under your feet. What part of the devil do you have to be afraid of? If God be for you, who can be against you? Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. You know, next year, I think I'm going to invent what I call a devil floor mat. I'm going to put a face on a rug and put it beside your bed, and every morning that you get up and you stand up, he's under your feet. Don't you do it. I've already got a, a, a verbal patent on it. 
Wouldn't that be cool, though, to get up in the morning and just go, just. Now, see, some of you are going, that just be so stupid. That's so stupid, Pastor. Just move on. Eeyore. <laughs> Why do you do what you do? Have you ever asked yourself, why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? Why do I do what I do? Because sometimes we, the answer to that is, well, we've always done it that way. Why? Because that's what my mama told me. Well, my mama told me cleanliness was next to godliness, and she was just wrong. There are some stinking Christians out there. Not all of y'all clean, you know what I'm saying? And it's not in the Bible, but, you know, we use things like that to motivate other people. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Cleanliness isn't next to godliness. It's nowhere in the Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. I love antiperspirant, deodorant. I love all that. I love good fragrances. You can tell I'm promoting personal hygiene this morning. Hallelujah, <laughs> said the person sitting next to. Anyway, um, I'm going to begin to bring this in, in, in for a landing here. Because the why may be the most critical thing. Why do I go to church? Why do I worship God? And, and as a kid, my why was because I don't want to go to hell. It wasn't, I'm so in love with Jesus. I I never was taught to be in love with Jesus. I was just taught that hell was a bad place. You don't want to go there. So every every Sunday I got saved. I'm the most saved person in this building. I've probably been baptized more than any of you. I've been in an altar more than any of you because I was scared to death of hell. And then I met Jesus one day, and I went, what am I afraid of? My why changed. I don't go to church because I'm afraid of going to hell. I go to church because I love to worship God. And most Sundays, I like you. I like being around you. I, I love people. I, I love people. I really do. And I don't know why. My mama, if she were alive today, she'd always tell you, I just loved people. I spent my whole life. Some people go, why do you love them? I don't know. I just love people. And it's not that I always want to be around people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, insecure and needy. But, but I do like church because I like seeing you. I like talking to you. I like being around you. I mean, limited amounts of time. <laughs> I do have my boundaries, you know what I'm saying? Because there are people who will suck the life out. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, my goodness. And everybody's going, yeah. Thank God they went home after Christmas. But people will suck the life out of you. And so when, when, you, when you're drained like that, you have a boundary. You say, well, you know, I'm not going to do it. And so this is very important. And when you draw boundaries, there will be people who think you're being mean. But all you have to tell them is, you know, it's not about you. It's about me. My, uh, why would I be there if I'm not contributing to this situation? So, you know, for me, preaching the gospel is not like it's the only thing I know to do. I mean, I've done everything imaginable almost, because when I was a kid, I started working at 16. Uh, I was on my own pretty much at 16. So my why was I got to make a living. 
But then I finally realized that God had a purpose and a call on my life. And when I started preaching, my why is not, well, you know, i got to make a living. That's not for me. My why is like Paul. Paul's why was, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. For me, it's woe. My why is woe. Woe, why? Why woe? That's me. Because I, I, it's not that I can't do anything. I can do a lot of things. I've driven big rigs. I've been trucks. I've, I've done, you know, I've dug ditches. I, I was so stupid. I, there were just things I did that I drove caterpillars, and that was fun. I'd like to have one of those on the road in Oklahoma City <laughs> with a front loader that just lifted cars up that drove stupid. <laughs> you ever dream of things like that? I do. I know you think I'm sick, but you think of it too. You just don't talk about it. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, stupid's all over the road. I mean, just on the way to church this morning, this guy decides to make a U-turn right in the middle of a four-lane. wasn't even an intersection. He's like, whoop, I thought, there's a meth driver. <laughs> then you think, if that guy worked for DoorDash and he brought my food? Have you ever thought about that? That's scary, getting from the restaurant to your house. I mean, what are they doing? I think about that every now and then. I wonder what that driver did. He could have injected anything into my miso soup. And me see be so sad. <laughs> Let me try to find my way back. <laughs> You know, growing up in the neighborhood we grew up in, which if, if you went through there right now, you probably want to be a registered gun carrier. But, you know, there, there just wasn't a lot of laughter. People were surviving. And so I was the middle child of, of two brothers, and there just wasn't a lot of joy. And I just decided that I was going to make life joyful. And I still fight to do that at my old age. I, I feel like Peter Pan. I can't fly, but I sure like to think I could. And, and this doesn't help a lot. I have wings, but they won't lift me off the ground. So, If you know why, oh, you're still here. I was hearing something. I, I thought maybe I was going to heaven. I wonder what kind of music's going to be playing when Jesus comes back. I want to rock and roll all night. Anyway, so, because <laughs> that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a big party in heaven. And see, some of y'all all are real religious right now going, I can't believe he said that. But I believe that if you know why you're alive, why you exist, why you do what you do, and that you understand that God's in charge, you've been bought with a price, you don't belong to yourself anymore, that it changes everything. I don't get to go where I want. Not because I can't, but because I don't want to. I know that there's a power spot in God. And that where I am... I need to be sure that that's where he wants me to be. Because that's where God works. 
You see, you don't get a Red Sea miracle until you're willing to walk into the Red Sea where God said go. You don't get a Jordan miracle until you put the Ark of the Covenant on your shoulders and walk into the Jordan at flood stage. The miracle wasn't on the bank. The miracle was in the water. And they were inches away, and they had a decision to make. Do we take a step of faith and trust God? Because that's where he said go. And here's why, because without faith I can't please him. So my why connects with my where, and God says that's where the miracle is. Some of y'all are at odds with some people in your life. Your miracle might lie this close in, in picking up the phone and calling and saying, you know what, I just want to try to make things right. They may not let it, but it's okay. If you tried, you did your part. I really don't want to be at odds with anybody on earth. I don't want to dislike anybody. I don't want to hate anybody. I don't want to avoid anybody. I mean, come on, man. You've, you've all been in a store before, and you see somebody you don't want to be around, and you, it becomes like Pac-Man. You're going down aisles and trying to avoid, and you know, you're avoiding them, and, and you don't want to see them, and let's hurry up and get out. And God's not going to let you out of that store. They're going to be right at the cashier when you're up there. Hi, how are you? And your kid goes, Mama, is that the person you said we were hiding from? I mean, kids are not a help in times like these. <laughs> I remember you said you didn't like her. Is that her, Mama? So what are you going to do about your where and why are you going to do it? With whom will you choose to be where you're supposed to be? These are just thoughts for a new year. And I thought I'd just throw some of them out there and let you go home and ponder. Because at the first of every year, is, there are two times a year that as a pastor I've realized that people start really looking. The first year, everybody pretty much says, okay, what do we want to do? Where do we want to work? What do we want to do? Where do we want to attend church? All those things be become a part of our processing for a new year, trying to say, I want things to look differently at the end of 2022. And guess what? They're not going to look differently because somebody else chooses for them to look differently for you. They're going to look differently because you choose. And that means sometimes walking away from convenience, walking away from comfort. You say, well, I'm just comfortable, and it's convenient for me to work here. It's convenient for me to go to church here. All my friends are here. Look, God may want you to make new friends. I'm not trying to run you off, but honestly, I've always believed that people ought to be in the church that God wants them in. I've always believed that. Still believe that. And I know sometimes that means maybe somebody's not supposed to be at Mosaic, but I can promise you there are thousands that are supposed to be at Mosaic that aren't. You say, how do you know that? Because I just know that. The message of my life hasn't changed. And it's not going to change. I'm going to be an optimistic, overcoming, victorious, miracle-believing believer that nothing is impossible with God. And I'm going to preach to, to, to you like there are millions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak in the face of adversity. It, it doesn't matter who's falling around me. It matters who's living in me. And some of y'all looking at what's going on around you instead of looking at what the possibility of what's going on in you can produce. 
So let it happen. Make it happen in 2022. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You're an awesome God, and we are honored and privileged to be called yours. So Jesus, today, as we look into the face of yet another year, may we look into the face of 2022 like we've never looked into the face of another year before. God, there are miracles in front of us, good things in front of us, peace, joy, life, mercy, grace. You are an awesome God, and we're not going to let anything separate us from that love that exists in you. So God, today, we're going to determine our what, our where, our why, our who. We're not going to sit around and wait on those things to come to us. We're going to them. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every person in here and watching online would begin to look at life optimistically, full of faith, full of anticipation. May we be excited, God, about what lies ahead. I know some of us have to go through some valleys to get to where we're headed. But, God, we're going to go through those valleys with a skip in our step, optimism in our hearts, faith in our soul, words that agree with your words. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we never like to close a service without giving you an opportunity to receive Christ. So we're going to pray a prayer that will make an incredible difference in your life. If you've not received Christ or you've wandered away and you feel disconnected, I want all of you to pray this with me, but there are those of you that are going to pray this with purpose because your 2022 is going to be the best year of your life. You have never seen a year like you're about to see. And you can look around and you can look at all that's going on. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can prosper in the midst of chaos and adversity. You can find joy looking in the very face of sorrow. But you have to choose that. And that's where Jesus comes in. He says, with the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Can you imagine the day that you, your mind began to understand your destiny and your purpose? Jesus knew he had come to earth to die. And he would only live a short 33 years. But he never got depressed and he never allowed what he knew was coming to keep him from what was right before him every day. Healing the leper, being an encouragement to the woman at the well. Being there every moment in everyone's life. He stayed positive. I want all of you to pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare I am radically saved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, yeah, you can give Jesus a hand because he is worthy. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you, you, you prayed it and you received Christ and you know you did. I want you to text the word SAVED to 405 500 
Text the word SAVED, 405-513-10. We pray for your salvation before we get here and after we leave. We're thankful for those of you who have decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. So do that right now. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.